coming up. Another jam session of ideas with Patrick Lally as he looks reality straight in the face. How do you think I find out about stuff around here? Take a seat at the table. Everybody stop talking. Turn up the radio for the latest clash of ideas, entertainment, and information. Wait, what does that mean? It's a daily dose of virtual reality. So are we going to get this party started or what? We're back with Patrick Lally on the Talk of Sioux Falls. Information 1000 KSOO. And a hearty good afternoon to you all. Welcome to a slightly game-shortened edition of the Patrick Lally Show here on Information 1000 KSOO as we get everything in order here after a big wins win. Very happy that you're here with us this afternoon. And a big win it was. It was, uh, it was a fun thing to listen to. It went rather quickly. Went quicker than I was planning, I got to tell you that. But uh, Dan and I are here. Dan Peters, Uber producer, is in studio with us today, and we'll put together a little show for you today. We got some uh, good things planned, including uh, the Boon Man will be with us for a little bit, and we're going to talk with Sally Khan. She is a CNN commentator about with a new book called The Opposite of Hate. And Phil Shrek will be with us after the top of the hour with the news. Uh, but to give us the latest in weather, there's some storms rolling around out there, so you're going to want to stay close. Oh. <sighs> Boy, Dan, we're here, man. We're here. We're rocking and rolling. You all right? You all right over there? Yes, and I have not been hit by a stray bullet from this fire that's going on out near Rapid City. Isn't that crazy? Wow. An ammunition factory or whatever it is, a guns and ammunition joint on fire. Two million rounds stored at this facility, and surprisingly, at least as far as the latest reports, no one has been hurt, but they say that they're, they've been having to... <laughs> To uh, listen to the popping of the of the bullets in that area, and the, and the fire has just taken over that place. Nuts, nuts. I, I've seen the reports coming out of there, and it's been uh, just crazy. Anyway, so we're going to have a good show for you today, and uh, we'll be back here in just a minute. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. <music> Three fifty-three on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. And we're here on a kind of a stormy afternoon after a Twins game, feeling pretty good about ourselves. We got a show coming up for you. The Boon Man will be with us uh, in the four o'clock hour, filling in on a on a out of place weird friend spot, but it's going to work out just fine for us. And Phil Shrek will be in to give us the latest on the storms that are kind of popping and bopping out there across eastern South Dakota. There was some there was some good bangers last night, good boomers going on, a little lightning, a little thunder. It was good to hear, actually. Yeah, about uh, three-quarters of an inch of rain in Sioux Falls overnight. That much? Well, that's impressive. That's a lot of rain, right? Yeah, most of it uh, came right at the beginning, just after 2 o'clock in the morning, it looks like. 2100s between 2 and 3 a.m., and then another 20 hundreds between 5 and 6, between, yeah, yeah uh, 6 and 7. Yeah, well, it woke me up, I got to tell you that. It was good, though. I like hearing the rain. I like just laying there listening to the thunder and the lightning. It's good. It's good stuff. That almost could be like an Eddie Rabbit song. <laughs> I think it is a Eddie Rabbit song. Anyway, we're going to come right back here and uh, get us into the regular schedule here of the program. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four, 
13 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And you know, I have I have my weird friends, and they're my friends because not just because they're weird, and they're you know they're good people, but also because I can call them on a moment's notice, like I did with the Boon Man today, and say, "Hey, can you be on Twins or Done Fast?" And there he is, the Boon Man, live and in color. Hello, Patrick. <laughs> How are you doing, my friend? Awesome. Good, good. Um, you know, I haven't talked to you for a long time because uh, you know you were a busy man, and then I was gone. But now we're able yeah. to hook up, and uh, I, not only have I not been able to talk to you on the air for a long time, I just haven't seen you for a while. Yeah, well, you've been lucky. <laughs> you've been hiding out. That's hiding your out. blessings. Yeah, I, I imagine that'll end soon. Hey, and uh, then you, uh, you were gone for what was probably in the most exciting mayoral election in my lifetime. I know. Can you believe that? Yeah, never <laughs> been a more exciting or, or fun-filled, event-filled me. I mean, usually it's a big fat snooze fat. <laughs> yeah, no, this was a good one, and uh, I was watching from afar. And uh, what did what did you, it seemed like? It got real exciting there towards the end. What did you make of all that? Uh, well, it's just like everything else. I, that's what, you know. I stopped watching the news pretty much about two years ago. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. yeah, every morning I, I used to watch the news in the morning and flip around to see what that crazy uh, Joe. Uh, morning joe guy was talking about uh see what the cheerleaders on fox were talking about yeah. uh, you know flip around to cnn and then i just say you know now you know what i watch at seven o'clock every morning what's that reruns of match game <laughs> i am not kidding you from seven to eight there's two episodes of the currently you're in the match game 77 era but it goes back match game 73 74 75 yeah, oh, it's in there. Uh, you know, Richard Dawson, Charles Nelson Riley, Brett Summers. Oh, uh, that's classic. Joey Mitchell, <laughs> uh, Fanny Flagg. Um, yeah, it's uh, uh, Betty White. Yeah, it's uh, it's classic. And you know, it's good. they're up on the panel. They're smoking. You know, yep, the, there we the go. Panel, they're, they're, they got a heater going, and uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. we got a yeah. little match game theme yeah. song going on there in the background there you for go. you. There yeah, it is. And, uh, and, uh, Ray Burn is the host. And the clothes. Yeah. The clothes are just wild from the 70s. A lot of big lapels and leisure suits and stuff. But, uh, but I did, I did tune into the mayoral stuff. Yeah. Uh, just because, uh, yeah. you know, a little bit. And, uh, it just seemed like more of the same, you know, this, this stupid talking about stupid stuff. And, uh, you know, the whole, the whole hack thing yeah. and the, you know, the, you know what really, and I, I did watch, um, the, one of the debates where Jolene talked about, you know, the, uh, being a biotech company. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've seen, I have seen, and maybe I have even done a little resume stretching in my day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> that was like, I thought, what? I had to go, I had to go on and look up and see, wait a minute. I said, I knew it. What Ooh. what biotech company? Yeah, well, oh, there's, yeah. Oh. there's some biology and there is some yeah. technology. You're picking up dog poop and sending it to somebody else. <laughs> Whoever they're sending it to is maybe in the biotech deal, but you're just picking it up and mailing it. Oh my you god! Know, I don't know. So I, so that was it, was it was exciting, but uh, you know the um, again not being a citizen of the city, right? You're uh, just, you know, I'm not. 
you're just a casual observer. I'm an observer from the outside, giving my own unique perspective. Um, and I look at uh, Mayor Mike Uther. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Richard Nixon. Nobody voted for the guy. Nobody likes the guy. Yeah. Yet he got elected twice. <laughs> you know, no, nobody voted for the guy. Nobody no. likes him, but he's he's got elected twice. And yeah, Nixon. Know, I don't uh, know what you're talking about. Never heard of him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Don't blame me. I voted for McGovern. Yeah, you and the three right. other people. You know, yeah. And you were at Woodstock too, right? You know. So that's all right. Uh, golly, come on. But I, here's what I think. I, I don't know. You know, how old is Mayor Mike Hughes? Has, has, has the mayor ever been a guest on your show? Uh, <laughs> no. No, I can um, say I've been on the air almost yeah. a year now, and uh, yeah. no. Yeah. He has not been on the show. Okay. Now, how old is he? He's late 50s, mid, mid, late 50s. Yeah, he's a little older than okay. we are. Not really. Uh, you know, I, I don't think really ready to retire by any means. I wouldn't um, think so. He what said is he's he going to do? Well, he said he was still willing to, uh, he was still, you know, considering a run for the presidency. <laughs> of what? <laughs> I don't know. That's what he said in one of those you interviews. You mean of the United States of America? Well, he said he hadn't ruled it out. I shouldn't say he's considering. He he hadn't well, he's you still know, looking at higher Well, I haven't ruled it out either. I guess that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, you don't want to close out your options if you don't need to. But I don't know. How is that guy going to get a job? I don't, I don't know, know anybody that likes him. I'm sure there. I know there are people like him. People that I know say I'm too hard on him and and that, you know, he's got a good heart. And, all, and I don't doubt any of that. I think he's actually in his heart. He's not a bad guy. He just he's he has a he has a tough time dealing with people questioning him. You know what I mean? And that's and yeah. then he gets mad, and then it kind of goes off the rails, and he doesn't want to admit he did anything wrong. Wait, wait a minute. What did you say? You said something about he in, in his in his mind in his mind in his heart. What? Yeah. He did, yeah. No, he, in his heart, he's okay. I mean, I think he he doesn't he doesn't do things you know maliciously yeah. wrong on purpose. He just so, gets mad. Is that kind of like? Is that kind of like? Um, it's not a lie if I believe it's true. Is that? <laughs> it's a well. It's a it's a Trump Janklo <laughs> view of the world. Yeah, variation of that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I you oh. know I don't know what he's going to do. It's going to be hard. But yeah. like you say, I mean, as a man, Boone man, you are a man who has uh, let's say updated his resume many times over the years, right? Oh I mean, yeah, yeah. You've had it. You've had. You're the kind of guy who likes to dabble in a lot of career opportunities. A very well-rounded, checkered uh, yes. resume. Yeah, so, long. I mean, so what two, would you what would you recommend a guy who maybe at the end of his tenure went a little off the rails and has some bad vibe? And how do you re sort of build after a, a, at the end of one career moving to a next? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, here's a here's a beautiful part. Nobody remembers anything. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, kick he's, he's probably put a few bucks away. You know, uh, you know, yeah, I'm just gonna put a few bucks away. Yeah, I think and, he's probably uh, he got it. Probably, he could probably sit around for a year and not do anything. And by that time, yeah, everybody will have forgotten all about all the awful stuff. Um, you know, even this, I, like I was just reading today about some. Some uh, slip in this little three hundred thousand uh, dollar uh, upgrade to the electronics at uh, Carnegie there, and uh, let's uh, you know, uh, yeah, yep. um, what's that now? Who's who, does anybody ask uh, who owns this company, and does anybody know 
buddy? I mean, where'd that deal come from? I think it's, uh, there's going to be some questions. I believe that's today at the information. As we speak, I believe that's being discussed. So we'll find, okay. yeah, that's a big contract to just kind of yeah. right there at the, at the end. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I know that uh, uh, Counselor Greg Neitzert is interested in finding out more, as I saw him post earlier. And, you know, as as Greg points out, it's a it's a it's a a, a upgrade requested by the uh, Central Services Department or something like that. Yeah. So we don't know. Yeah. We're gonna find out more though. That's a, but that you know that's the kind of stuff you kind of you know at the end of a end of a long and arduous term that maybe you'd like to throw in a little candy. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But what, here's what I'm anxious to find out mm-hmm. is. Um, I was out of town yesterday, so I didn't see it because where I was did not have the game show network. But Artie Johnson <laughs> is on this week on uh, Laughing, or not on Laughing, but on on, on Match Game. And yeah. it's nice to see that you know that first seat. You know Don Sutton from the Dodgers. Yeah, you know, he's in that front seat. Joe Garagiola is in that first chair. Uh, and then you know it's Brett Summers and Charles Nelson Riley are yeah. anchoring that side. Yeah. And then that, that and then that first row is uh, the bottom row is is somebody else. And then generally Richard Dawson mm-hmm. uh, and then the anchor Fanny Flag or Betty White uh, mm-hmm. generally over there. Or there's a young lady who does a lot of voices on The Simpsons now yes. uh, who was on there quite a bit. Really? I cannot remember her name. No, but she's yeah. kind of a recluse. I've seen like where she doesn't yeah. do interviews anymore. And not, you know, because she's kind of got red hair yeah. and uh, well, she did then anyway, but yeah, she, you can definitely tell by her voice that she is, uh, uh several characters on the Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's tomorrow that's morning. What I'm anxious, that's how I'm anxious to find out tomorrow morning. That will, that's what I'll be tuning in for. You know, tomorrow morning. Interesting. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Artie Johnson is on there and, uh, Nipsey Russell, another oh, frequent, my uh, gosh. Joey what? Bishop. You know, uh, yeah. I was just watching, I, I lost a bit of my life watching about three or four episodes of Hogan's Heroes, re- re- speaking of Richard yeah. Nelson, <laughs> unappreciated genius of his time. Oh, sure. Yeah. Bob Crane. Yeah. Yeah. Bob Crane. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, you know, I, you know, it'd be interesting to have like a, you you could get uh mayor Mike, uh, you know, Paul Tenhaken, uh, Jolene, throw in some other people, do kind of a local politicians match game. Yes. That would be awesome. We should just bring back the match game entirely with local personalities. We could do it on the radio. It would be awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to start working on that. Yes. You start making yeah. the contacts. I'll yep. see what we can do on this end, and yep. and we'll do local match game. But you have to host. Oh, absolutely. I'm in. I'm in. You need that big uh, microphone, the long penciled microphone yeah. that he used to roll? Little, yeah. And it, would, it, it, it telescopes out. Like yes. The, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's that, perfect. That'd be great, and that'll and and that especially will go well on radio. Always, <laughs> Boo yeah. Man. Uh, thanks for taking care of me today, and my pleasure. Be safe out there, okay? And I, hopefully, I do yeah. get to see you very soon, and we can swap some stories. I'm sure that you will. I, I'd love to see uh, some slideshows. <laughs> I got that going. I got. I can do that in spades. Thanks yeah. a lot, Boo Man. Talk to you later. All right. See ya. Coming up after the break. We're going to chat with Sally Cohen. She is a CNN commentator, and uh, she's got a new book on called The Opposite of Hate, and uh, she talks about ways that we can have a better discourse. It's a field guide for repairing our humanity. That's Sally Cohen coming up 
next on The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four thirty-two on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and I'm very pleased to have on the phone Sally Cohn, who is a CNN commentator and recently wrote a book called "The Opposite of Hate: A Field Guide to Repairing Our Humanity." Sally Cohn, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. So, uh, Sally, we haven't had a chance to talk much, but uh, where are you? Where are you calling from? <laughs> physically or metaphysically? Uh, <laughs> let's start with the physical, and then we'll see if we can't get to uh, metaphysical. I, I am in. I'm in New York. Oh, okay. Well, lovely New York. Um, thanks for, as I said, thanks for joining us today. I'm fascinated by uh, this book that you've written, and a lot of people may know you because you've done a lot of television as a as a. Uh, commentator, a progressive voice and liberal commentator, as your information mm-hmm. says, on both Fox and CNN. Um, but you've written this book, uh, uh, The Opposite of Hate, A Field Guide to Repairing Our Humanity. Um, I'm, I, as I said, I'm fascinated by this story. Where did you get the idea for this book? Well, you know, I've thought for a long time that we have a problem with hate. I don't think I'm the only one that when you look at uh, but the history of our country, the problems plaguing our world, it's clear that we have uh, an ongoing problem with uh, habitually demeaning and dehumanizing people, especially certain groups of people, because of their identities or their ideas. And look, I don't think it's the worst it's ever been. Certainly in this country, we've had some pretty ugly and hateful uh, and unjust and, and violent uh, phases in, in history, uh, at some of which still linger today. Uh, but it doesn't have to be the worst it's ever been for it to be bad enough for us to do something about it. And for my part, I was, you know, someone who's been committed for most of my life against hate. I find my, I found myself feeling more and more hateful in the wake of the 2016 election. Uh, especially, and wanted to do something about the hate in myself and uh, the hate in all of us. And one of the things you talk about is, is, is you, you started to feel that hate because of social media. And and because you're high-profile commentator, you get a lot of backlash. And it, you, that uh, conversation online was starting to get to you. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, that... that uh, you know, not so much recently. It actually was when I first, uh, you know, started being on television uh, in like 2000, in 2010, 2011, mm-hmm. and first started to get hate mail and also get hate on Twitter. Twitter was, you know, I was newish to Twitter. Mm-hmm. I joined around the time that I started to go work at Fox News, and I had never had the experience of complete strangers finding my email address or my Twitter handle and writing vile, nasty, hateful things at me. And it was really, I didn't, you know, I didn't take it personal. I still don't take it personal. I have a, 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 you know, fairly strong sense of myself in that. People call me stupid. I know I'm not stupid. I'm all right. Uh, (laughs) But it was, it just, first of all, the intensity of it, the frequency of it, the amount of attacks that were just ad hominem, just personal, nasty attacks attacking my, gender, my appearance, my sexuality, 
just and then also it 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 hurt my sense of humanity like not only what's wrong with people but what's wrong with us that we create people and systems and, and situations that where we treat each other like this it made me really worried it made me want to do something about it yeah, it's it's concerning. We're talking with Sally Cohen. She is a CNN commentator and a former Fox News commentator who has written a new book, The Opposite of Hate, A Field Guide to Repairing Our Humanity. And uh, uh, I'm interested, too, in these the stories you tell here about people, the our ability to change and our ability to transform. Um, I, I like that theme. Um, tell us a little bit about that and how you came upon these stories. Well, you know, in, I was in the book trying to be honest about my own problems and challenges and imperfections. I think we spend way too much time pointing fingers and, and casting blame on others and not enough taking responsibility for our own part of the problem. The fact is that we all don't do it the same degree or the same way, but we all play a part in hate. We all have some piece of the problem and, and need to be part of the solution. And so I wanted to make sure I was being, uh, you know, both learning about myself, but also being transparent about the the pieces of the problem that I needed to be responsible for. And in addition, I, you know, sort of understanding hate as a spectrum, right? That me being a bully when I was a kid or me being, you know, saying mean things online or on TV, you know, obviously isn't the same thing as, being a neo-Nazi or being a terrorist or participating in genocide. And so in understanding those extremes of hate, I found it incredibly inspiring and hopeful to meet folks who had been Nazis and terrorists and participated in genocide and who had left those lives of hate behind. Because I figured if they could do it, Against all of those odds, the big, most extreme versions, if they could do it, there's certainly hope for the rest of us. Yeah, I love these stories. And so there's a, you talked about a, a former neo-Nazi who changed his life when a cashier at McDonald's, upon seeing his swastika tattoo, told him, you're a better person than that. I know who you are. And he's now, I know that's not who you are. And he's now a Buddhist. Uh, there's uh, survivors of the Rwanda genocide uh, including a story of a man who fell in love with, and I can't believe this, and married the daughter of the man who slaughtered his entire family. These are amazing stories. How did you find these people? Well, you know, one of the, uh, I think, encouraging and important things is that we, we are aware of the institutions and organizations and networks and groups of hate. Um, but what we often aren't as aware of are the organizations and institutions and networks of groups that are trying to fight hate, trying to pull people out of hate. So there are, for instance, there's an organization called Life After Hate of uh, men and women who were in the neo-Nazi, North American neo-Nazi movement and in sort of right-wing hate movements in general who are working now to pull other people uh, and help and support other people who want to leave those hate movements. And so it was through organizations like that um, which exists here in the United States and in every region of the world fighting hate that I met uh, so many people and had the chance to tell some of those stories. It, they are, they're just stunning the stories. And uh, 
the other thing is you have done a couple of TED Talks, so people can probably still go out and watch those, can they not? Just go out and find the they TED sure Talks can. YouTube. So what you did a couple. What were your topics, and, and why do you think they resonated so much? Um, you know, oh boy, let's think. So my, <laughs> uh, my uh, first TED Talk was on uh, the topic of emotional correctness mm-hmm. and the idea that, it, listen, it's important, the words we use to talk to each other, what's known as political correctness, I think that is important. But it's not the whole story. What's also important is how we talk to each other, the tone, the intent, uh, the meaning behind the words, and that, uh, that that matters too, and that we need to treat each other with the kind of compassion, kindness, we want others to treat us, and also try to believe that others are well-intentioned. You know, often we have this, this thing we do where especially now, especially when it comes to partisanship, when something is said by, quote-unquote, them, whoever the other group is, uh, we're automatically suspicious or on guard or, you know, our ears are peaked, ready to be offended. And instead of giving people the benefit of the doubt uh, that and, and trying to start with the assumption that they don't mean to be hurtful, they don't mean to be hateful, um, to try to give people the chance to be their best selves. Um, uh, and then my other, my second TED Talk was about uh, how if we don't want there to be negative and hateful and nasty things online and on the media, then we need to stop watching them and clicking on them. And then my most recent TED Talk was more specifically about the book uh, and, uh, and about my own uh, journey from uh, being a bully to trying to understand the spectrum of hate more broadly and what we can do to stop it. It's a uh, TED Talks are really, if people aren't familiar with them, really uh, very informative, but often inspirational messages from people. Um, and uh, I really like them. So I, I uh, appreciate that you've been able to do that. Um, we're going to come right back and talk with Sally Cohn, who is a CNN commentator and former Fox News commentator who has a book, The Opposite of Hate, A Field Guide to Repairing Our Humanity. We'll be right back after the short break. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Maybe the sun will shine today. The clouds will blow away. 446 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we return to our conversation with Sally Cohn. She is a CNN commentator and uh, has a new book out called The Opposite of Hate, A Field Guide to Repairing Our Humanity. And Sally, uh, before we went to break, we were just talking about uh, some of the stories that are in your book and and some of the amazing uh, sort of reversals of attitudes that people can have. And I'm wondering, from your perspective, when people do have these arguments or conversations about the issues of the day online or elsewhere, how do how should we argue? You know, how should we converse uh, aggressively and passionately without dehumanizing people? Um, well, I feel like you, the uh, answer is right there in your question. <laughs> talk and converse passionately uh, without dehumanizing people. I mean, it's, it's listen, you know, the first thing that's clear to me is that it doesn't mean letting go of your beliefs, your values, your ideas, your positions on things. I mean, listen, 
first of all, I happen to think our differences and our disagreements are what make us great as people and as a country. They're important. Uh, we shouldn't paper them over or push them aside. And second, I actually make a living arguing about politics. So I'm the last person to say that we should all, you know, drop our opinions on things and just, you know, hold hands and sing kumbaya. Forget that. The, the issue is, can we stand up for what we believe in without feeling like we have to stomp on other people? Right? And that, to me, is, it, it's, it's, in a way, it is embedded in your, in your uh, question, which mm-hmm. is, look, we can have conversations about issues. Right? We can, have, we can respect each other's differences and disagreements. We can talk about surface, uh, even passionately, those differences and disagreements without feeling like we have to destroy one another. Uh, and that for me to be right, for me, I have to wipe you, everything you stand for, and your very existence off the face of the earth. There is a way in which our politics have become not only zero-sum game, but totalistic destruction. And that's not, first of all, it's not accurate. Second of all, it's not healthy. It's not healthy to our democracy. And it, it obscures the fact that in the midst of those differences and disagreements, we still have important fundamental things in common, including that we all have the right to be treated equally and have our equal dignity and humanity recognized. Yeah, and I, I think the thing that, that scares me the most is I hear these, in recent years especially, uh, and I, I covered politics for, you know, almost 30 years. Um, and from the time when I started, when it, which is still, you know, pretty vitriolic during the nineties, the early and mid nineties, it, this feels has this, as I said, dehumanizing factor to it where, uh, and I'll use Trump for an example, when you give everybody a nickname and you just continually berate uh, the, the lying press or whatever it is. And I, again, it's easy to pick on Trump because he's larger than life and he's the president, but you see it in a lot of different areas. And that is, it's not there. You're that group, those people over there, they're less than human. And I think that those are the themes that I heard, uh, in the breakdown uh, of Yugoslavia. And, and those are the themes that I heard in Rwanda or in Armenia or go anywhere back in history. When you come to violent end, it's because you have dehumanized your enemy. And those are the themes I hear. And I'm curious whether you hear those themes as well. And what do we possibly do about that as media and society to counter that? Because sometimes it seems overwhelming. No, that's, that's exactly right. And, and it is a disturbing pattern that is seen in its most extreme form in, uh, in genocide, but also in the lead up to genocide, this sort of systematic dehumanization of the enemy, of the other. Uh, and then in, you know, less, maybe less severe, less extreme, but still uh, very problematic and dangerous ways when we, for instance, demonize immigrants to justify a host of very aggressive uh, anti-immigrant raids and, and policing and tearing apart families, et cetera, et cetera. That's just one example. So, uh, you know, when we saw in, you know, a couple of generations ago, the dehumanization of gay and lesbian Americans mm-hmm. to justify a host of anti-gay policies. 
that the one sort of serves the other, that when you have dehumanized people in a systematic way, you in a way cast them outside the circle of human concern or a national concern in terms of national policy and what a country does that's right and just. Because as a general rule, we're good people. And we want to, it is our instinct, our impulse, to treat other people well. And so if you want to justify a host of policies or actions that are against a group of people, you have to first push them outside of that sphere of humanity. And you do that with dehumanization. So you're exactly right. It's very dangerous. And so one of the things we all need to do, like, yes, we should be... uh, looking to our leaders to actually lead in this regard and not be engaging in dehumanizing rhetoric in the media, in politics, etc. And, and we can lead too. And this is where social media, in a way, is a problem, right? Because we mm-hmm. see so much hate and division and, and extreme partisanship and, and, you know, fomenting online. But also, we're, we're now able, in ways we weren't before, to participate in shaping the conversation and in shaping culture and creating media ourselves. And so when we do that, we have to be more vigilant in the kinds of messages, the kinds of attitudes, the kind of behavior we want to see and doing that, modeling that ourselves. Yeah. And the government's not going to do that for you. You're, the media is not going to do that for you. That's, that's something you have to have internally. Well, or we have to demand it, mm-hmm. Right. Right. I mean, it's not just enough to say, look, this is, this is the paradox, right? We, we, the voters, say we don't like negative campaigns, but then the candidate who goes negative usually wins the most votes. We say we don't like that the media is feeding us you know, junk information and only focusing on extreme discord and the, you know, the extremes of debate, and we want deeper information and analysis and thinking, but then we click on the arguments and we click on the, you know, hate mongering and we click, right? So, you know, if we want something different, we have to actually both create it ourselves and demand it. Yeah. And I, I think about it as we should be uh, evolving away from the, these things away from hate and be, being able to handle our emotions a little bit better than we did a hundred or two hundred or three hundred years ago, and so that's, I, that's my nice hope idea. anyway. That's the idea, right? <laughs> uh, well, Sally Sally Cohen, her oh, new sorry. book is "The Opposite of Hate." It's a field guide to repairing our humanity. There it is, right there. There's our field guide, Sally. Thanks for writing it for us. Hey, thanks for having me on. And we'll be right back and finish up the show after this short break. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 458 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. I think I mentioned it earlier, but man, Saturday is a day to be out in Sioux Falls. In the morning, you got the Avera race against breast cancer. That's at 7 over at the Avera McKinnon Fitness Center. Uh, it's, uh, the, the farmer's market is open down at Falls Park, 8 a.m. to 1. I love that. That's awesome. And, uh, then you can catch Cinco de Mayo also at Falls Park, 11 to 7. You know, Latino food, dance, art, music, children's activities, the Chihuahua fashion show, and more. That's just a gob going on. 
We're going to be back tomorrow on the show here. Our guests will include Pat Powers from the Dakota War College. I hope we'll get Pat on the show. Uh, Dr. Stephen Powell of Sanford will be here to talk about successes treating lung cancer. It's going to be a blast. I hope you'll join us. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.